I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Tim Cummings. He's a tech service veterinarian for Zoetis. Good to see you, Tim. Well, honored to be here, as always, Joe. Now, someday, I'm thinking that maybe after you stop being a veterinarian, that maybe you should come and work for Poultry Health Today, because it's my understanding you've been out in the field doing a lot of interviews with veterinarians about their experiences with poultry raised without antibiotics. Um, this has been something you've been doing now for the last five years or so, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, when, this, when this trend first started evolving, uh, yeah, I was just interested, you know, I did some work with some NAE antibiotic-free type programs at the time, and, and uh, you know, they were having some problems. So I just started calling up some of my colleagues that, that also had some experiences with it, and I, just asking them, you know, what, what, what were your experiences, or what, what were some of the tricks of the trades that you were learning about, and so I, I just just started doing some informal uh, surveys, calling up colleagues and, and, and getting their responses. Yet it's gotten a lot of attention. I know a couple of years ago you were featured in Watts Poultry USA magazine. They did a big presentation on or a big write-up on one of your uh, presentations. And here at the 2018 American Association of Avian Pathologists meeting, uh, you gave a presentation called Life Without Antibiotics, Lessons Learned the Hard Way. Uh, and this is all based on these interviews that you've been doing. Yes, and, and uh, yeah, and, and you're right, a couple years ago I kind of did another informal survey and then for this particular presentation I just called up a few few of my colleagues again and, and just, just uh, just to, to ask them again, you know, what, what, how, what lessons have you learned or, or, or how are things trending since you've had these experiences now? And so, um, uh, and, and some lessons have been learned the hard way. Well, and that's what I want to get into because, um, you know, it was only three years ago, people were just dabbling in raising poultry without antibiotics. Now, according to the latest numbers, there's at least 40% of the broilers in this country are not seeing any antibiotics at all. So clearly the industry is learning something, but as you suggested, there may have been some hard lessons along the way. Yeah, it, it, it's one of, those, one of those type programs that, that in reality, you don't need to jump in all of a sudden if, if you can possibly avoid that. Sometimes your sales uh, departments dictate that you do so without a lot of planning. But, but you really need to go into this one with your eyes wide open, trying to, trying to look at a lot of different areas and programs, management programs in the field, at the hatchery, in your breeder, breeder side of things. Um, that, that, that's, it, it's a multi-pronged approach to trying to optimize you, you know, and minimize some of these enteritis situations and, and mortality situations you can get sometimes with NAE programs. So what would you say have been the hardest lessons learned? Well, one, probably one of the first things, like I say, is that you don't jump into it overnight if you, if you don't have to. You, you really, gosh, there's a, lot, there's a lot, of, lot of areas you need to really go in with a fresh new set of eyes. Uh, the, let's, let's just say the pullet breeder program. You, you know, the, the, the pullet program, you need, to get your, you need to get your vaccination program as strong as you can get it to minimize any immunosuppressive effects passed on to the broilers, to protect the broilers, which means you, wanna, you, you want serologic titers persisting throughout the lay of the flock, the breeder flock, for the life of the flock, passing on immunity to the broilers for the life of, of the breeders in lay. 
which means you're probably going to have to spend more money than you ever have in your, in your vaccination program. And make sure that the birds are getting the vaccine. That, that's, an, that's, a, that's a critical piece of the puzzle that, that we assume is done properly a lot of times that, you know, once you start digging in, you, you're finding maybe there's, there's areas we can improve in that. And then, then the floor eggs, our, our, our floor egg situation, um, we have to rethink that whole, that whole program. Specifically, you're talking about um, the eggs in the hatchery? Yes, that, that the breeders, uh, there, there's a percentage of eggs that, that get, get hand, actually get laid on the floor instead of in the nest. And so what are you going to do with that? Okay, because w- when they're laid on the floor, they're going to they're be a high, have a higher bacterial load on them. We, we just need to rethink what we're going to do with those. At some point, should, should we just not even set floor eggs? Or, or should we set them in a, in a whole separate setter or hatcher? And, and keep them separate from all, because there's going to be a higher bacterial contamination load coming with that group of eggs. How, how are we managing it? Uh, you know, after, after they reach a certain age, should we quit even setting floor eggs, say, in older breeders because thinner shell eggs, more contamination? That, that's just an example. Then, then we get to the hatchery, and, and uh, uh, you know, we, we have to take our hatchery sanitation to another level that, that, that we've never, that, that maybe we've gotten used to. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because part of going antibiotic-free was one of the first things they did was to pull the antibiotic out of the hatchery. Yeah. So I imagine you really got to tighten things up. What sort of changes have they had to make in the hatchery? And that, that's a perfect example. You talk about pulling primarily genomycin. Okay, and most companies, that's where one of the hard lessons they learned, they thought they might have had a fairly decent sanitation program going on in the hatchery. And then uh, when you pull that agenda mice and you find out it was helping covering a multitude of sins, so to speak. Uh, you know, it depends on how bad, bad you were, how good a job you were doing. You know, you might see a, a half a percent mortality up to over a percent mortality, higher mortality in first week. But to answer your question, uh, you know, we, we've got to look at key, you know, we've got to look at the ventilation systems. Man, I think that's, that's an area that's been neglected for a long time that, uh, uh, that, that, that people, d- you know, don't do as, as we, we've got these standard operating procedures. And you, you've got to take it to another level. I, I call it the glug glug SOP. You know, they, they'll go up to a, they've got, they, they'll add a couple ounces of disinfectant up in the, uh, uh, the ventilation system, the HVAC systems on top of the roof, but without really looking to see, see is it dirty? Do we need to stop time and dry things out and clean things properly? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the, what, what's in your water? What's in your water? I mean, we assume water incoming in at different points is from a municipal, municipal place should be clean. And, and uh, we, we, just, we just need to look at a lot of things and when you're raising poultry without antibiotics, what do you have to look at in the water? What I mean by that is just monitoring. Check, check your water sources at different endpoints. Mm-hmm. They use a lot of reverse osmosis or municipal water, uh, you know, for sources. But have you ever stopped, have you ever cultured your water source? You're assuming it's clean, okay? Um, the, the, the tray washers, the, the chick box washers, that's another huge area that when I go into a lot of hatcheries, they're washed, but I still see some organic material on them, okay? 
And, and, and if, if I see that, they're dirty, okay? And, and, and a lot of these hatcheries are older and they just need to update their equipment or at least monitor and maintain the mm -hmm. temperature and the disinfectant levels of these washers. And because where there's dirt, there's bacteria. Yeah, and even though, even though your, your sanitation checks, they'll do these plate testings and things will come back clean, okay, uh, I don't think that's telling the whole story. I think you have to, again, you probably need to spend more money. And the chick per man hour, that's a big agristats influence on, on, on uh, hiring people. And, and, uh, but, you know, it takes elbow grease to clean things properly. It, I mean, it takes manpower. And, you know, if, if, if we're being hammered about chick per man hour, which I understand can happen, you know, from, from management, but uh, we just have to reassess that and say, hey, we're going to spend the money in the hatchery, just like I was talking about in the breeder and the pullet vaccination programs. We need to spend the money and do it right because it's going to help ourselves out in the field. Well, let's talk about the birds in the field, specifically the, the broiler house. Um, over the years, I've had veterinarians tell me that the biggest roadblock to successful, no antibiotics ever production is necrotic enteritis. Are, are they doing a better job with that now? What are you hearing in, in your interviews? Well, I'm hearing that, that, that we are learning how to manage it better, okay? It, but, but again, there's a multitude of things that we really have to pay attention to the detail. We have to, have a, we have to up our game in management. Yeah, and I, I, I could list a multitude of things. Uh, keep, make, the, 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 keep the litter dryer, the ventilation, okay? Um, we, we, have to, we have to manage, you know, a lot of people will cut back on density. Uh, a lot of people will uh, increase the downtime, which I think is a, is a critical factor. The feed, uh, you know, we, we tend to eliminate certain, certain items that might make birds more susceptible to necrotic enteritis, like we might eliminate meat and bone meal. Uh, but you really need to spend more money and get good quality ingredients in the feed. That's, that's a real, I, I really think that's a key instead of our traditional feed-based, you know, corn and soy type diets. If you'll, if you'll buy better quality ingredients, that's gonna help you. Uh, you know, the, 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 those are just several of the factors. Reducing, keeping feed intake constant because there, is, there seems to be a correlation when birds get out of feed or they get enteritis or they get chilled and they back off feed and when they go back on the feed once the, once it's available or they feel better that's that that makes them more more likely to experience necrotic enteritis particularly during that two to four week period we've got to really brood them and manage them well particularly during that window when necrotic enteritis is is, is tends to happen more consistently. And from what I've heard and from what I've read, really one of the best ways to control necrotic enteritis is to make sure you've got coccidiosis under control. Yeah, that's a huge one. And uh, I know a lot of companies will, will either use coxie vaccines or they'll use, you know, for the NAE crowd, they'll, they'll use the chemicals. And e either one, if you manage that right and rotate them properly and use them properly, you, 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 you know, I find that companies over time uh, learn how to manage it. And, and, and once you get this steady state uh, microflora going uh, in the litter as well as in the intestines of the bird, 
I think I, you know companies learn how to how to manage it better. But coccidiosis vaccine application is critical. We got to do everything we can to make sure every bird every bird possible gets a proper dose. And, and how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of things being done. We've really looked at some of the newer things. They're looking at jail application, which is which I I think has been a good good move. Some people have 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 started spraying the litter feeder lids in addition to spraying it in the hatchery. So there there's there's several things being looked at, increasing light, anything to attract attract birds to uh, uh, to feed, particularly the first day to get them eating properly. Um, so so those are those those are some things. And some companies have more success with different programs than others. And necessity being the mother of invention, when the, the vaccine doesn't always hold the coccidiosis, so yep. now they're using these bio-shuttle programs yep. where they're bringing in a feed medication at, what, maybe 25, 28 days. Could you talk about those a little bit? Well, if you're NAE, you're kind of limited to what you can use. A, a lot. Some people have used the ionophores right. as the bio-shuttles. But you but, can't use those in a no antibiotics yeah. ever program. So you're pretty limited to, in, in, in the, there's been some Zoomix usage, uh, Zoaline. So uh, uh, and, 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 and if 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 you if you're needing that if you need that that uh, coverage for at least a period, then then that could be an option for you. And, and some have looked at it that way. There's a lot of alternative products to be used: probiotics, prebiotics, organic acids, the essential oils, enzymes mold inhibitors, a lot, a lot of things are being used, and I think you need to use them. You need, you need to take a look at them uh, to, to replace the antibiotics. But, but the antibiotics were being used because they worked. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we've identified a single, a single product or combination of, of these alternative products that are consistently doing a, good, a, a job for us to control necrotic as effectively as we want. But so there's a lot of different things being used out there, uh, but but that those are still part of most of the company's programs, to include some variation of these products as well. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, we're you know we're still looking for some for some answers, but this is a complex, multi-prong approach type type program. So you're going to keep picking up the phone and talking to as many people as you can to learn oh, about their experiences. And, uh, and, and trust me, there, there's plenty of them out there. So Good. Well, I know the industry uh, appreciates you sharing the information with them, so thank you. Okay. We've been talking to Dr. Tim Cummings. He's a tech service veterinarian at Zoetis. Thanks again, Tim. No, thank you.